Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Oh, man. Special edition of the Hang Time podcast this week. The NBA's all-time leading scorer a Hall of Famer, a six-time champion, six-time MVP, 19-time All-Star, and a Goliath in the game of basketball, a cultural, political, and social activist, author, and who can forget his beautiful cameo in Airplane, (laughs) Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast this week, GA. Kareem, good afternoon. How are you, sir? It's all good. How are you doing? We're great. We're great. Listen, let's get right into it. The Coaches vs. Cancer is coming up this weekend, and I know it's, it's a nationwide collaboration between the American Cancer Society and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. It, it hits home for you as well as a cancer survivor, I'm sure. And I'm just wondering, what about this event prompted you to dive in and, and be as integral a part of it as you are? Well, I think it's great that uh, the Coaches Association is trying to support cancer research and uh, the uh, putting themselves in, into the effort to make sure that people's awareness about uh, what's going on is, is keen, you know. The, the fact that we are able to uh, devote the time and energy and, uh, most importantly, resources to the anti-cancer effort is, is uh, essential. People like myself, I, I wouldn't be here if it were not mm. for the uh, research that goes into advancing treatment and discovery of the diagnostic uh, techniques that, that work and are effective. And uh, all of these things are happening at once. And uh, it, it's wonderful things that are happening, but we've got to keep up the uh, effort to, to fund these things. So uh, the awareness that the uh, Coaches versus Cancer uh, creates is, is crucial. Kareem, it is a, a, an incredible collaboration between the organizations. Let, let's uh... – flip it a little bit in terms of I know that you are a person who believes in, in being active civically and, and are someone who has a strong moral conscience. I, I, I'd be interested to get your take on what you think of the players in terms of a leadership role and how and their activism. And, and I would assume that does your heart well knowing how involved you were in a time when it was not popular to come out. Oh. And and I'm just curious to to get your take on it from your perspective of having gone through and lived it. For many of us, we didn't get that experience that you had, uh, and then to see what it's materialized into today. Well, I'm thrilled with what I'm seeing today because today's activist players understand that uh, they have to come across with something that has some sense, <laughs> some sense to it. You, you just can't be talking about your anger and the things that make you angry. You have to explain to people why these things are important, and uh, hopefully we can start a dialogue on how to change things that need to be changed. So this, this requires some, some discipline and the, the ability to uh, be patient and uh, to put, put your uh, thoughts and ideas out there in a way that can help the dialogue happening, uh, keep it happening. Uh, dialogue is such an important part of this. 
Kareem, you uh, you wrote a, a very eloquent essay about Colin Kaepernick, you know, in Sports Illustrated, and it was published, you know, and, and I thought about some of your other books. I uh, read your book with, about John Wooden last year and just some of the other experiences you've had in your life. How much does the tumultuous nature of those times when you were a younger man play into kind of your view of what you see now? It's, it's, it's a different climate, a uh, different time, but it seems like some of those same battles you would have had to have fought years ago are still being fought. Just, you know, the perception battle with the public and, and for a guy like Kaepernick to go through what he's going through and then to relate that back to the times, say in the sixties and seventies when there was an uprising, does that, does that strike you that these are still things that are germane to this conversation today? Uh, it's, it's not unusual at all because it's the same sandwich, you know, just the other end of it. <laughs> but it's the same sandwich, right? And we we gotta we gotta change things yeah. in order to, uh, to to deal with the issues. You know, it, that that's the thing that's so disheartening is that um, the issues are basically the same. We, we haven't figured out a way to end the systemic nature of it. You know, the way it just insinuates itself into our uh, interactions as uh, fellow citizens and makes it impossible for any progress to happen. You know, we have to figure out ways past that. That's a a very good point. Hey, Cap, I want to talk to you a little bit about the game today. And I would love to get your opinion because so many guys that are older or played in a different generation, they always talk about, oh, you know, the game was so much better when and, you know, we were this and we were that. And, and, and there's an element of truth in, in all of that. But are, are you one that appreciates how the game has evolved, how it's changed, how the skill sets, sets are developing, especially in bigger bodies, obviously? Is that oh, yeah. something you admire and appreciate and, 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 and juxtapose that to when you played? Well, you know, when, when I played uh, a big guy handling the ball out uh, away from the, the hoop was a rarity. You know, we, we were supposed to be down in the paint and supposed to live down there. And, you know, it was the Wild West down in the paint. And everything else outside was real pretty and nice and all that. And uh, now the, 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 the way that they're stretching the court, you know, the way the long-distance shooting has uh, forced uh, a different type of defensive concept on, on people, I think that's that's how the game has evolved, and now it's okay for the big guy out there to be shooting the three-point shot and uh, stretching the court that way, uh, taking advantage of uh, you know the, the three-point line, and uh, you know it's it's uh, made three-point shooters out of all five positions, and that, that's a that's a big uh, that's a big change in the game. Uh, I I took thirteen three-point shots in my whole career. <laughs> wow. And, you know, I, I made one. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's a different emphasis, but uh, yeah, it's still uh, a big man's game in that uh, you, you need guys, the big guys, to be able to, to play near the hoop. Uh, the, the the rebounding, defensive efforts of, of the big guy really still dominate the game in that part of the court. You know, three-point shot has absolutely been a factor. But uh, what you do near the hoop, I think, is, is, is that's where you win the games. You know, with your defense and your rebounding, eliminating people to one offensive uh, effort each time down court. If you can do that, uh, you're, you're raising your chances to win. 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Kareem, I, we sit around here today debating about a guy's place in the game. Where does where does a guy like LeBron James fit in the overall landscape? He's he's in his 15th season, and, and he seems like he's as good as he's been since he hit his peak in the league. And I'm wondering what, to you, speaks to the longevity of an elite player in terms of how long – you know, and how deep into your career you can play at that highest level. There have only been a handful of you guys who have been able to do it deep, deep into your careers. You obviously, being the league's all-time leading scorer, would know plenty about that. But what was the key for you to be as effective as you were for as long as you were? Well, I think it's the dedication that you have to come back each year in shape, uh, ready to have another dominant season. Uh, you, you can't take any time off. You know, as you go through your career, you have to work harder and make it last longer because, uh, you know, each year has its toll on your body. So, you know, what what we see with LeBron is he has tremendous dedication to doing the things that enable him to last that long. He's working out, uh, you know, uh, 50 weeks a year. You know, he might take a week or two off in the summertime, not do anything, but then uh, he's doing everything to, else that he has to do for the rest of the his uh his off time to make sure that his body is right and uh that he can come back and be ready to play first game uh, next season i mean it's a great point cap who who are the when you watch the game today who are the guys that you would pay to see you know i mean if, if you'd be willing to put down your hard-earned money to go and watch them perform well geez uh Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> he's thrilling everybody, man. I, you know, I've seen him play in person once or twice, and he he hadn't hit his stride yet. I mean, he's, yeah, he's really shown some some improvement there. And uh, I, I like Davis down there in New Orleans. He, he's really a premier big man. He can do it all. He can play with his back to the basket, or go outside and face up and and, and shoot those. Uh, it, it's nice to see, you know. Guys, expanding the skill set uh, in all of the positions. You know, now now that the centers have probably caught up to everybody else with uh, their inside outside uh, efforts, I, I think that's a, a great part of the game, and uh, I, I think it's uh, it, it makes the new challenges for for athletes to be able to, to to cope with those issues in that way. So you know, we're, we're seeing uh, new and uh, interesting. Uh, aspects of, of how the big man can affect the game because of the you know the new emphasis. Kareem, people love to talk about super teams nowadays, and oh, you know, Golden State has put together this super team, and Cle- you know, LeBron always surrounds himself with you know complimentary pieces, and Oklahoma City's tried to put together some stars to create something along those lines. Do you believe that? I know that the way they were formed has been different. In in the past, it would have been a front office man, um, you know, orchestrating these things. But do you believe that these teams nowadays, <clears throat> excuse me, are really any different from the quote-unquote super teams of a previous era? I would argue that you were on some Laker teams. You were on a Bucks team with Oscar Robinson that if you were playing in today's NBA would be classified as every bit the super team of any of the groups we have in the league right now. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, even the fact that uh, sometimes they don't stay together long enough, 
but uh, there have been some super teams. The, the, the team that we won with in 1971 in Milwaukee, that, that was pretty much a super team. <laughs> um, we just, uh, you know, we didn't keep all the pieces together. They didn't, we didn't stay healthy, and uh, that, that's a factor. So uh, I, I'd say the uh, 85 Lakers is definitely a, a, a super team. You know, the, the ones that, uh, you know, we beat the Celtics in 85 and then went on to win the back-to-back in 87 and 88. You know, I thought that was competitive with any of the, uh, of the great teams that have played the game. It's so unfortunate that we can't take a team from one era and get them healthy <laughs> yeah. and have them play a team from another. But I guess that's why they have, you know, sports bars. You know, you go and <laughs> you order your wings and a few booze and you argue and you just have to go home and there say, you go. I wish, I wish. <laughs> yes. But uh, we, can't, we can't see those matchups. I, I would have loved to see LeBron try to guard Oscar Robertson and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that that to me because just their physique and their overall mastery of every aspect of the game. People didn't realize how how much range Oscar had with his shot. Oscar would have done real well as a three point shooter, mm. and um, you know he didn't get to play under those rules. So you know we'll never we'll never know what uh, what that would have been like to see Oscar uh, you know using those rules to to expand his his effect on the game. And speaking of affecting the game, Kareem, did you ever envision two things? One, how the game would change so significantly in terms of the emphasis on the perimeter play. And then secondly, that players would be so empowered, uh, not just socially, but from a business standpoint and being able to kind of direct where they want to play, who they want to play with, really taking ownership of the collective bargaining agreement and and not just basically as it was for a long time, wherever you went, that's where you were unless the team decided they didn't want you. Now, I know you were one of the few that decided you wanted to make a change early in your career, but that was more the exception to the rule, uh, which is the case today. Yes, it, it's, uh, it's a lot different. Now, I, I think guys uh, calculate where they can go and have – the most effect on the team and enhance a team. Uh, and uh, certainly probably has to do with friendships that are forged uh, by guys uh, from one area or another that, you know, they get to know each other and the camaraderie uh, is formed and they look to work together. So, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's done a little bit different. I remember how, how annoyed everybody was when Red Auerbach was able to get Kevin McHale and Robert Harris to, to go along with with Larry Bird. Yeah. In an instant, they 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 were a super team just because Red was so shrewd and you know figured out a way to to corral that talent. So uh, you know, hats off to the GMs. Uh, they make a big difference. Kareem, you I know you have a, a new memoir out titled "Becoming Kareem: Growing Up on and Off the Court," uh, aimed at younger readers. Mm-hmm. And is as great a player GA as this man was. Ar- arguably the greatest ever. Yes. I, I've been as big a fan of his writing mm. on on so many topics. I, we had we talked about his his book, the, the relationship he and John Wooden had together, mm. which was outstanding, a must read for anybody. Um, but what what inspired you to do the memoir, Kareem, and aim it at young readers, at, at people who would would look at it, and it would really be kind of a history lesson mm. for them, as well as kind of a a, a how to guide in terms of realizing some of the things you need to pay attention to as you come up 
in a complex world where, you know, where there's so much coming at you. Um, was it something that, that sparked it that happened in your life as a young person that, that inspired you to, to put this together? Uh, I, I would have to say so. I, I, between my junior and senior years in high school, I took part in a mentoring program uh, that challenged us. Uh, you know, growing up in New York and Harlem, uh, the program was focused on Harlem kids and challenged them to figure out ways to make Harlem a better place. Uh, to the things that they were interested in. So I, I was involved in a journalism workshop because I had an interest in, in writing even at that age. And uh, our, our challenge was to uh, cover Harlem uh, from the vantage points of, of young people looking to create change. And uh, during the, the uh, course of the summer, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. came and addressed the participants in the program oh, wow. and uh, you know challenged them to continue what they were doing, and he said he liked what he was seeing. And uh, I got a chance to uh, ask Dr. King a question uh, with the press corps that was following him, because I was, as a representative of my workshop, uh, I, I got press credentials, and I was with the uh, with the press corps. It was very important to me. You know, the very first important interview in my <laughs> life as a journalist, I got to interview, ask Dr. King a question. Wow. Uh, it, it changed my life. Wow. That's awesome. That, I mean, and I was, I, I wondered that because nowadays, you know, there, there's this tendency to want our athletes in a certain box. We want them framed a certain way. We want them packaged a certain way. You've, you've lived a life that, that screams, I'm not willing to be pa- packaged the way you want me to be. And to me, GA, that's that's something that has to come from a place beyond the game, yes. you know, and and has to come from a, a life, you know, and and influences outside of the game of basketball. Cream, and I'm I'm curious. Everybody always wants to ask athlete who was the biggest influence on you as yeah. a player, but who was the biggest influence on you, Kareem, just as a human, as 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 a you know human being, as a person? Geez, I, I would have to say uh, Jackie Robinson. Uh, Bill Russell, mm-hmm. those guys, I mean, they, they set an, an incredible example of uh, how to be active outside of the game, using your platform from inside the game to be active outside of the game and uh, set standards and uh, challenge uh, other people in, in our community to uh, to excel and to do the things they need to do to make our community a better place. And Jackie never gave up on that. You know, after he was done playing baseball, he, he was uh, started a bank in Harlem and worked, uh, you know, to, to make sure that uh, uh, people started to expand their consciousness beyond sports and to, to excel in other areas of American life. And uh, we, we've seen the effect, the, the effect of that activism and that, that focus uh, you know, those people really set a standard that uh, you know I, I've tried to emulate, and now I see it, it, it's gone on to another generation, and it, it's a wonderful thing to see. Yeah, it's amazing. Hey, Kareem, I, I'm curious, knowing how intelligent and learned you are, uh, what was it like to be your teammate as a pro? Because, <laughs> like... Were you did because maybe the interests were so dissimilar? Were you more introverted uh, off the court 
did that have an effect on the re- not a negative effect, but you know, a, a, an effect on the relationship you would have with teammates because m- potentially you didn't have as many common interests. And and I'd always been fascinated to know what that dynamic was because I know it changes for everybody. When you know, you're, when your teammate is a professional later in your career, it's not like when you were a kid where. You know, now you have a family, you have children, you have all these other things. But I was always curious to what type of teammate it made you. Was it more just the profession of basketball and you, the person, kind of just uh, became disconnected once you were away from the game? It, 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 it was funny at times, but I was kind of like the team librarian. <laughs> you know, there they come in and they'd have like holes in their education that with regard to subjects that were very important to me, like black history and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would give guys book. I remember James Worthy and I, uh, our relationship uh, kind of expanded beyond the game having to do with things that uh, I turned him on to about black history. Uh, Byron Scott, uh, same deal. I, I remember uh, Milt Wagner uh, who played on the team asked, asked me, Hey, Kramer, hey, are you eating those books? You know, every time we'd go out on the road, I'd have a couple of books. And the next time, they'd be different books. And Milt paid attention. He said, what are you doing with them? <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, I, I think it was a good thing because, you know, you, I, I couldn't be a disco hound. You know, that, 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 uh, that wasn't going to work for me. And I, I had to get my rest. So uh, the one luxury I had was time to read. You know, I could get in bed with a book, get my rest, and still, you know, be challenging my mind and, and, and learning things and expanding my, my field of interest. That's that's great stuff. It's, Kareem, and again, we appreciate you, like I said, taking some time out. The Coaches versus Cancer uh, going on this weekend in Las Vegas. Obviously, you're going to be there doing some fundraising with Coaches versus Cancer and American Cancer Society. I know that a lot of athletes, Kareem, don't like – to examine legacies, um, you know they don't want. It, certainly not in the in the midst of their playing careers. Do they like to to try and take a step back and look at that? You have led such an interesting life and such a public existence. Um, I'm wondering what kind of feedback you get from the LeBron Jameses and you know the the Giannis Antetokounmpo's and some of these contemporary players. Um, in terms of how they react and respond to you, they 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 certainly know your name because you still sit in the top the scoring list. So you got yeah. <laughs> every player of every generation since you played who's going to be chasing that. Um, and I'm just curious how how do they relate or vibe when they when they see you? Because I've seen them around Bill Russell, um, and I and I always crack up at LeBron. He gets kind of tongue tied, and you know and. He's very childlike when he gets around some of the legends of the game, and I'm curious if that happens to you as well. Yeah, it does. It's very differential to me. Some, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Kim Olajuwon, he, he treated me like I was his, his uncle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wasn't just someone that, you know, he might have admired as, as an athlete. It, it was more like family, you know, be, and because of our, our religious beliefs and just the – he learned from my example, and that you know that made me feel good that uh, you know younger players could could look at my my career and and gain something. You know that that that's pretty awesome to me. I I, I never expected to be held in that kind of esteem, and uh, you know it, it's it's an honor for me. 
So, you know, to, uh, I remember what was Stefan Marbury, man. He, he, he took me out to dinner one night and was like serving me dinner, <laughs> you know, at a, at a Chinese restaurant. He wouldn't let the waiter serve me. He said, no, I'm, I'm going to, hey, Green wants some rice. Hey, hey. I, it's amazing, you know, <laughs> that, uh, that you get that kind of uh, respect from those guys. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm in awe of them, you know, what they've achieved. You know, they, they've taken the game to new heights and, you know, they appreciate the, some of the examples that I, I've set that, that enable them to, to see a few things. So, uh, you know, it, it goes back and forth. That's awesome. It's, it's a cycle, you know, and, and uh, people always say you can't tell, you know, the, the story of something without certain people. Like mm-hmm. there are certain figures in, in, in the story of whatever it might be. You can't tell the story of the National Basketball Association or basketball in general. The game of basketball. That's without right. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I have, Kareem, i got to tell you the truth. We have this argument around here all the time at NBA TV about greatest of all time and who does this. And we always, somebody inevitably always brings it up like, why, do, why are we not including Kareem on that short list of players when you talk about the greatest careers from, from high school to college to what you did in the NBA? I don't know whose basketball body of work would be more detailed or impressive. And you don't have to agree or disagree with me. I'm just telling you, trust me when I say your name comes up on oh, a regular yeah. basis in that conversation. So we appreciate you and your time, mm-hmm. uh, all that you've done you know, for the game, and certainly as a political and cultural activist, an author, and somebody that inspires those who have come in your wake. We appreciate your time, sir. Well, you are welcome, and uh, I appreciate uh, the fact that you guys are are recognizing me. Uh, it's always wonderful to to hear that, and uh, it's always wonderful to to hear from some of the younger players that uh, they've learned something from from my from my body of work. So uh, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. From uh, a giant in his field and in life to the giant of the analytics world, GA, it's time for the Schumann staff. Shoe is a giant in the analytic world. I got to give it up to him. He's a bad man. Fellas, what's up? Shoe, what's happening, What's going on? I heard you guys were... uh, Talking to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar today. Yes, to the, sir. To the GOAT. And, yeah, I didn't know if you knew this, but he's actually the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. We heard something about that, you. All right. Did you know where he – he? he uh, all right, so it's good. You know that. Do you know where he is all-time in rebounds? You know what? That's something that has never even I thought he crossed was, my mind. I thought he was uh, third. Third is correct. Yeah. I never nice. thought of that. Yeah. Behind Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. Mm. How about assists? Where's Kareem all-time in assists? Uh, Take a wild guess. Tenth. No. Take who you got to guess. Let's say... Lower than ten. I'm going to say seventh. Forty-first. No. Forty-first. Yeah, I guess he wouldn't have passed like that, though. For a a center, you know, he averaged... uh, I'm looking at 3.6 assists per game for his career... He had three three seasons, I think, where he he, he averaged five or more assists per game. Right. Um, so yeah, he wouldn't have handled the ball like that in that era, the way yeah, a, a stretch would have. No, but he played right. so many years. But he played yeah, all those years. Yeah, yeah. So wow. he's first in points, third in rebounds, 41st in assists. Mm-hmm. Who's the only other player who's in the top 50 in total points, rebounds, and assists in NBA history? Well, Will Chamberlain. 
Nope. And that would be Points, rebounds, and assists. Nope. LeBron is uh, 70th currently in, in rebounds. Oh, uh, two, 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 about two more seasons, LeBron could be in the top 50 in all, uh, all Points, three. Points, rebounds, and assists. A much uh, more current player than uh, Kareem or Wilt. Carl Malone? T- Tim Duncan? Yeah, I was thinking Malone. But I don't know if Malone would have had the assist numbers to make it. I don't think so. Top 50. Carl Malone, no. Tim Duncan, yeah. no. Hmm. This is a stumper. Uh, uh, more recent player than Malone. Uh, same player. era as Tim Duncan. Uh, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. 17th ah. all-time in points. 9th all-time in rebounds. 48th all-time in assists. Good answer. I got a part two for this one. It took a while to get that. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. There are five guys who were all in among the active leaders, top 25 active leaders in points, rebounds, and assists. So mm. top 25 among active players in career points, career rebounds, and career assists. Okay. First one should be easy. Um, Raymond James. <laughs> LeBron James, second all-time in points, it, it, among active players in points. Sixth in rebounds, second in assists. Yes, Raymond James. Um, Any other guesses? Who else would be in the top five in... Uh, top 25 Dirk in Nevinsky? all three. Dirk, first in points among active players, second in rebounds, and 24th in assists among active players. So you either had to have, you've had to have played forever... You have to or play been an re- absolute beast and well, played for a long time. Actually, you had to do both. Yes, because <laughs> you can't just play long. You got to play yep. well. What about uh, what about Dwayne Wade? Nope. Dang. Nope. No rebounds. Uh, he probably didn't make the rebounds. Where he's short? Yeah, he's probably short on rebounds. That's what I figured. Uh, points. So you said play forever. Rebounds Who's the assists. guy that's still playing right now? That's Vince played Carter. forever. Vince, Vince Carter, Carter, correct. Vince Carter. Third among active players in points. 14th in rebounds. 12th in assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last two more. Um, Another one who's played for a long, long time, but still uh, still a starter right now in this league. Hmm. Uh, that's a t- played longer than LeBron? Yes. Really? Right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Hmm. One-time uh, rookie and of the year, and still multi-time NBA champion. Hmm. One-time rookie of the year. It's played uh, for four different teams. Uh, now playing for the San Antonio Spurs. Pau Gas- no, it wasn't Powell. Pau Gasol, Pau Gasol. Gasol. Pau? Yeah, really? Sixth among active players in points, third yeah, in yeah. rebounds, Powell's 22nd. Been a league a long time. Yeah. Yeah, twenty second among active players in assists. Wow. The last one is t- is a little bit tough. He's been in around in a long time. He's 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 barely in there in points and barely in in rebounds. He's thirteenth <laughs> among active players in assists. Twenty fifth in points. Twenty fifth in rebounds. But he's there, top twenty five, all all uh, all three. Players. Been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a two time NBA champion. Uh, ver- very versatile player, so that's that's why he's he's out there. Two-time NBA champion, very versatile. Hmm. hmm. That's a good one because I'm trying to think who's won some rings. Played for three different teams. He's he's won championships with his most recent team, his mm-hmm. current team. Hmm. Finals MVP. Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala. Wow. 
And I was so thinking Iguodala, but I was like, man, is how he, long has he been around? Though, yeah, he's been. In, this is that's was this fourteen for him? Because he was two thousand what two thousand three or four draft. He wasn't LeBron's draft, so that was 03. I think he was right year, after. He was, wasn't he the year before LeBron, oh, or was it year 2004, after? 2004 yeah. draft. Right, yeah. That's crazy. But he hasn't missed You know, he hasn't missed many games over the course of his career. I mean, he's well, got he, a lot he of seasons where he played. Well, he was up there in minutes. Remember, yeah. in, in Philly, he was like yeah, leading the league in true. minutes. So, I mean, yeah, he had, a, he had a season where he played 40 minutes. He's got – let me look at this. He's got one, two, three, four seasons where he played 38 minutes or more. Wow. He's got one, two, three, four, five seasons where he played 82 games. Another, that one season in Denver, he played 80 games. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, I mean, obviously a, a terrific player, but just has, has racked up a lot of numbers over the course of his career and makes you think, you know, Sandra Iguodala, Hall of Famer at some You know, point. I was just about to ask that he almost, question. He almost, he almost has to be, doesn't he? Because the Finals other guys MVP, on that list, the four then, other guys that we just talked about are on the, are yeah. Hall of Famers: LeBron, Vince Carter, Pau Gasol, Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, is Iguodala is is probably a a, a debatable one, but I, I well, I he's going to end up being a potentially a three, could end up being a three four time champion, a Finals yeah. MVP. Yeah, you I know, mean, with career numbers, for him, he 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 found Golden State and and and. and was able to be appreciated a lot more than he was yeah. when he was in it, Philly. It, it's going to be tough to get in, though. I mean, because he's only played one All Star game and he hasn't made any All NBA teams, mm-hmm. and that that'll make it a bit of a challenge. And he was a terrific. I mean, he's one of those borderline guys. That yeah, it, I mean, it's always I one of those things. Like, think he where, how do you value? In? Where you do people value defense as much as offense? You know, right. that type of a. Uh, but even in that thing. regard, he's only All Defense twice. So that's, that's why, that's to your a, point, <laughs> that I would, I would, that would be uh, 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 one of those votes that I'd dispute. You know, like where we say, "Has Kobe only the MVP once or whatever?" Right. Like, how is Andre Iguodala only? I also think that a Finals MVP carries sometimes more weight than maybe some people think it should. But yeah, but you got to ultimately you've got to you got to get some recognition from your peers individually yeah. as well. And, yeah. And listen, I. We'd all love to have had Andre Iguodala's career. Right, right. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. That's not a knock on him. I just don't know that we can quantify him as. Yeah, you know, a we're gonna, we're going to have a a podcast shoe next summer around Hall of Fame time, where we're going to really break it down and try and figure out what in the heck, like, because there are guys who are going to end up being seven, eight, nine time All Stars in this current generation of players who I would argue aren't as Hall of Fame worthy as some guys who came before them who just couldn't make all-star teams by virtue of the position they played in the era that they played it. But you we know? even have some of those guys this year. Like, yeah. I mean, this generation, too. Yes. You I'm know, the Mike Conley's of the world, you know, that, that are really, really good. Yeah. But because they're point guards in the Western Conference. Exactly. Yeah, but I, it's going to be – and, I, again, I think Mike Conley that, – that's the whole point of being a Hall of Famer, though. Yeah. Is the fact that to me, I've always felt like if if there's doubt, then you're you're not. Yeah. yeah. So you what know? do you check? Like, what do you? My thing is, what do you go check? Like a guy like Reggie Miller trying to make All Star teams in his era was you could always take away at least one spot immediately. But it, and Reggie got to be played and, for. So, right. So and, and that's my thing. Like, yeah. even in, uh, with the arguably greatest ever, he still played in four. Right. And so, you know, and his team, and he was. 
the other thing that helped he's a him, catalyst on a team that he was, was the best yeah. player on teams that went deep in the postseason. Right, right. Because not on the finals team he played on, but on a lot of his teams, he was he the was best the guy, player. Yeah. And so that, I think that helped get him over the hump. No doubt about it. And I don't know, shoot, that's interesting, though. Because, look, there are guys like Chris Weber still waiting for a Hall of Fame now. I think Chris will get in. He better. He's got it. I, I mean, think Chris yeah, will get in. We talk, well, because we we the body a, of work. Remember, Chris was a McDonald's All-American. He's exactly. National High School Player of the Year. He's National Player of the Year in yeah. college. Your body of work is more First than just your NBA career. And the Hall of Fame is more than just yes. that. And I think you're exactly right. that the I, I think the, the Hall of Fame has dropped the ball a little bit on on C Web. Yeah, we, we had a trivia question. I don't know. It was, it was bef- I think it was before uh, you came on GA, where it was it was something to do with how many points plus rebounds plus assists guys averaged over X amount of games, and the only one that wasn't in the Hall of Fame was, was Chris C. Webb. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's a sure. You got to tweet out that list of five current guys in the top twenty-five. That I guarantee you, not a lot of people will get that. Without cheating, yeah, we is. don't cheat. Like we don't. See, you can ask cards or anybody. We don't sit in here and look it up on our Iguodala computers. Was a tough one. No kidding, no kidding. With how slow you all answer these questions, no <laughs> yeah. kidding. <laughs> and we do have high speed internet. Here, yes, so we, we just want to be authentic. It. We don't want to cheat. Well, we want to see if we we can get it. it it's... <laughs> he said, "No kidding." As long as shoe, <laughs> we appreciate it as always, man. All right, fellas, good stuff. Have a good one. On have the shooting step. Thanks, John. All right. It's nothing like Schumann making you feel small every week. Oh, every time. Ah, this guy's good. I'll tell you what. Good stuff, though. That's, you know what? I, stuff, I yeah. thoroughly look forward to that. With friends every like week. Schumann, though, man, who needs an enemy, man? Just come on and embarrass I'll tell you what. Yeah, you wouldn't want to go to dinner too often with Schumann. And, and I do it all the time. Knowledge, and then I'd be embarrassing you and, yeah. you and stumping you. I'm, I do it all the time like a glutton for punishment that I am. Um, I know one thing. I had – had to have had a better week on bragging rights than I did on, on the Schumann step. No. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I think G-Money's trying to make up some ground. That was G-A a quick no. Perfect week. Yeah, uh, G-Money made up some ground. Oh, uh, no. Three-no week. Yeah, uh, I'm, about to, I'm about to get really real with it now. It's about one to be and two old. week for Seku. Uh, All right, we pick up two games. Man. You know, and it's a long season, baby. It's not even Christmas yet. Show eight ain't. seven against six and nine. Oh, so I'm only I'm uh, only two games back. Come on, man. After all that, let's go. Let me get. I gotta get some get back. Let's get. I've give won me. five out of six come now, on. then, huh? Okay. Give me some of this. About to go three and zero oh again, baby. <laughs> Starting Friday night, Celtics at Spurs. Ooh, that's man. gonna be a good. Is Kawhi back by then? Uh, I think he was he's, saying he's going to be back. He scheduled, so. yeah, he's scheduled to be back he, uh, when he I damn think the good well feels the like. The technical right? term is soon. Yes, he'll be back soon. AK, when I damn get good yeah. and ready, um, that's a tough place to play. Kawhi yes. or no Kawhi? Um, yes, it is. I'm going to take the Spurs, holding it down at home. You know, I'm going to have to go with you on that one. That's an experience game. If the Celtics' young guys, if they were a little more experienced, if they'd been through the wars a little bit more, I would like them in that game. But I I gotta, as badly as I want to go against you, (laughs) I gotta go with you. you Recently, all right. Then to Saturday night, Sixers at Cavs. Oh, 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 man! The schedule makers have killed it this year. Man, Uh, it's on League Pass. Saturday night, 8 p.m. I'm trying to think if I'll be watching. 8 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, I'll be watching. Kids will be asleep. I got a league pass. 
I got it too. I've been, and if I'm tired, I watch it on my iPad. Exactly. Right we got we got an engagement. We we supposed we've got to go to a buddy of mine's birthday party um, in Washington D.C. Saturday night. So you watch it on your phone. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, he does the right thing and has the game on in his house. Yeah. Because um, it's it's a housewarming party as well. But if he's not wise enough to have it on, I'll, I'll make sure I bring yeah. it. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, I gotta. I gotta go with Cleveland on that. One. I gotta go with the Cavs too. Go with the Kings. Can't pick up any ground. All right, right so now. got similar picks on the first two there. Staying on Saturday night, Rockets at Blazers. Ooh. I'm, I'll go. I'm, I'm going with the Rockets. Uh, as much as I love the Blazers' home court vibe. They have not been a team that I could count on the way I thought I would be able to this year. Well, remember, they haven't played any of the top three teams in the West yet. Yeah. This will be, I think this will be the first game. They'll be up for it. I don't doubt that. They will be up. But and coming off of the debacle ugh, against the Wizards. Ugh, brutal. Just let Bradley Bill do whatever he wanted. Yeah. It's like, man. Their, their, game, their strategy in that game wasn't very good either, not to mention they didn't play well. I, it, it's really hard for me to pick against the Rockets, but I'm going to take the Blazers at that one. Yeah, I'm taking the Rockets. I'm going to take the Blazers. I need, I need this week to do right, but we don't have enough different picks for me to really stretch out. That's so why I'm I, feel, I don't hold, mind because if I I'm don't win that game, this week. I'm still, I can still smell you. you know, <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm like, that's that go? Yeah, that's that go. He's going to leapfrog yet. So. I know. I'm, listen, it's tough on me right now. You know how many years I've been bashing my head against the wall and bragging rights? People think this is easy. It's not easy, man. It's not easy. That's good stuff, though. That's I always Let me say something. We, we always have interesting guests on this show, so I don't want to knock any of our other guests, but man, I love talking to Kareem. I wish yeah. I, I wish I could sit around and talk to him without it being an interview. And we could, just, I just want to pick his brain about a bunch of other stuff that has nothing to do with anything that anybody would be interested on on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to him, the man himself, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, joining us this week on the Hang Time Podcast. Coach for cancer in Las Vegas this weekend. He's out there raising money, um, doing some some serious fundraising. With the American Cancer Society and the National Association of Basketball Coaches, check that out and uh, do your th- do your part, people. Also, John Schumann, as always, with the Schumann stat, coming on and, and giving us some brain twisters to make us feel like the poor students that we are. Um, I might start cheating, GA. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I might start cheating on the Schumann stat. Why not? Nobody's gonna know. I'll keep it quiet. Yeah. I, but you know what? Me. Part of the fun is trying to figure it out. That, honestly, like I'm not even. Because it's not like you're taking a real test where if you get it wrong, you're going to get a bad grade. Right. It's just fun from a history standpoint to you know to try to come up with it. And I then just, you know the fans, the few that we have listening, <laughs> uh, are doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, they're trying to figure it out as well. So I just want to make fun. Schumann like, choke on his uh, yeah, Diet but Coke. That's the he... whole thing. He's doing it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he knows. Like, we Honestly, we actually do pretty well. We don't do bad. We we do pretty. There have well. been times. Listen, there have been times in the past you wouldn't want to be around here for a stat because it was like, <laughs> it would get ugly. It'd be like twenty five minutes later, we still be trying to come up with answers. That Shout good. out to Shoe with the Schumann stat, and uh, it's that time of year, folks. We're getting closer and closer to the Christmas Day showcase games. I cannot wait. We are in the month of December, so make sure you tune in every week, every Thursday, to a new episode. Make sure you check us out. Hang time. All you got to do is look for Hang Time on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every week this season. Don't forget to leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. And we'll see you next week.
on the Hangtime Podcast. Peace out. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always, say Kuna Matata.